Cutting for Sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Pinnertwine. The bad white men call him the devil. The Yavapai call him eyes like the sky. Liz Lang, you are a fashion designer, entrepreneur, CEO of the Fig clothing line, and have been called a pioneer in the apparel industry. In 1997, you founded Liz Lang Maternity, which introduced form-fitting designer pregnancy wear, an innovation that reinvented maternity uh, clothes. And in 19, uh, sorry, in 2001, Nike asked you to partner on workout clothes and introduced a line of athletic wear for pregnant women. The same year, you were invited to unveil both lines at the first ever runway show by a maternity designer during Fashion Week in New York. You have been recognized with many awards, including Crane's Rising Star Award, Crane's 40 Under 40, Time Magazine's Most Powerful Entrepreneur, and have appeared on Oprah, CNBC, Fox News, and Bloomberg. In 2013, you were honored with the Spirit of Achievement Award from the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, and after being diagnosed with cervical cancer at the age of 35, are also an advocate and spokesperson for cancer prevention and treatment. Liz, you believe in the simplicity of a carry-on, the magic of sitting with friends under a blanket of stars, and the power of your current muse, 1970s share. Liz Lang, welcome to Cutting for Sign. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Liz, I'm... I. I'm laughing because of of the breadth of people we've had on here, and I came to know you in a very backwards way, or or an unusual way, and that was Instagram served up one of your posts as a as a suggested you know post or something, and I was captivated by your your writing, you know your storytelling, and I. I did not know who you were. I had no context for anything that was going on, but I found it uh, entertaining and compelling and honest. And and despite the trappings of the, maybe trappings isn't the right word, despite the setting of, of glamour, very approachable. And and I remember tech, you know, commenting on some of the posts and you, commented back some, you know, for some reason. And, and I found, um, it was, it was one of the few accounts that I followed that I, that, that was like for me, you know, like I did, it wasn't like for like personal growth or, or something like that. And I really, for a long time, I had no idea anything other than just these stories, these capsules, these short stories. Yeah. And I loved it. And when Daniel and I started this, a podcast a year ago, which is really about, you know, finding the way towards our best self. Um, I thought I want to talk to this person. And I and I still didn't know who you were. <laughs> well, you're a great storyteller. If there's one Thank thing, you. you know, we can say is you're a great storyteller. And, you. and I, I think everything else, you know, all the things that Daniel had just listed, which are fantastic and, and uh, commendable, like really amazing, like, I think at your core, you're you're somebody who I found to be compelling because of your ability to tell a really good story with open hands and w without a lot of like self judgment. It seemed, and a lot of like real honest um, kindness, or at least uh, acceptance in a in a really good way 
that's probably understating what I'm trying to say, and I'm probably not even finding the right words, but that's what, that's how I was introduced to you and the algorithm. (laughs) (laughs) How modern. Yeah. Very flattered. Thank you. That was very, very touching what you just said to me. I'm very moved. Thank you. Oh, oh, well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really, um, the, again, like Ron said, the breadth of people and characters we have on here has been, Oh, we're pretty proud of it. And, uh, and to have you on here, we're both really excited about it. And the, um, I think that, and I don't know you at all, but from a little bit of your content and learning a little bit about you through your bio, your bios, um, seems like you have a reputation for and are very grounded and down to earth and also existing in and around a lot of high society and money and actually having come from that. And that's a balance that Ronald and I just really value. I don't know if that's accurate to you, but <laughs> it seems you. like it. Thank you. I mean, I, I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Is it difficult to uh, manage that, that balance? You know, I never found it to be. That's just who I don't, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm such a great person. I just meant like, I don't really understand the not being kind of quote unquote real. I don't get that. Mm. So that's just sort of who I am. I will say though, that um, when I first started, because you mentioned Instagram. So when I first sort of thought about Instagram at the beginning, I was kind of like, well, I'm of a generation, I'm of an age where it's not comfortable for me to be sharing a lot of like personal images. Like here I am, like yeah. in my beautiful home here, yeah. here I am in my bikini. It just is like, my God, no. you know, we, I, we just, some of us, like we just, I don't, you guys are younger than me, but it just really foreign because we didn't grow up that way. Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't sh- want it. I didn't want to share things like that, but I don't mind sharing. I don't mind sharing things about me, my, my personality, my stories, my opinions. I don't mind that at all. So I kind of hit on this formula where I was taking images that I had liked that I actually collected on Pinterest over the years mm-hmm. of, you know, that I did either for my own fashion business for mood boards or just cause I liked them. And I wanted to kind of gather a place where it was like, you know, chicest couples ever most glamorous vacations, yeah. but you know, whatever. And so I was doing, that just personally and I started putting those on Instagram and sharing with my with with personal anecdotes and lo and behold uh it seemed to strike a chord I didn't expect that and and um I don't know if this is answering your question but I will say that um I was for the first time and I think it's sort of a statement about where we are today you know perhaps as a country and whatever I was scared to do it I've never Mm. been scared Mm. to reveal or share Mm. anything about myself and my you know my career which started you know I guess when I started Liz Lang maternity in 1997 I started to become more and more public and I was always comfy with it but I find that and it's probably not that not what you're expecting me to say but I find that it's actually on both sides, when I look through my Instagram feed, I'm just being bombarded with people's mm. political opinions, with who they mm-hmm. hate, even the people yeah. that are quote unquote, be kind. They're saying some of the nastiest things about people who they yeah. have decided are not kind. And this isn't meant to be political at all. I'm just mm, saying yeah. like, yeah. and the cancellations and the anger. Yeah. And yeah. so I was scared. I thought, I understand that what I'm writing is going to read like quote unquote, white privilege. These were not words yeah. that I was familiar with, but you know, I understand, I understood the concept. Yeah. And I really wasn't looking for to be that way but i didn't want to be inauthentic so it's like this is who i am i don't i think that i think that everyone's story is valid i'm not pretending that i have lived you know that i know there are many things that i don't understand will never understand all of that but like i know what i do understand Mm -hmm. and i started sharing it and i expected to get canceled and i didn't i still expect 
expect it. I still expect it every day. <laughs> so that's you know, I don't know if you, that what that answer or what that definitely no, and it's really aligned with, with the second uh, guest we've had had on this week who is essentially speaking to uh, choosing their lane really clearly, and this expresses a value of of mine, which is okay. I know this way I'm going to be is probably going to not be approved by all people, you know, but mm-hmm. I know my heart, I know my intention, and I'm committing to that. You know, that's a huge value of mine. It takes courage, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm hearing. That's exactly the way I feel. That's mm. it. And it, it kind of connects to when I started listening maternity mm. and every now and then, because it's just what happens when you put yourself out there. Yeah. It wasn't social media, but I would get, you know, I'd get emails. Sometimes they were very mean, like, I hate your clothing or how dare you charge that amount of money for a dress. And I would just think to myself, you know, mm. not every brand is for everybody. Not everybody yeah. is for every brand. That's okay. And I feel that way a bit now though, the stakes are higher because it's all, you know, out there publicly, but yes, I feel like I'm picking this lane. It's authentic to me. And there are so many examples from the most minor. Like if I post a celebrity in 1960 and she has a cigarette in her hand or she's got a fur mm. coat thrown over her shoulders and I'm getting, you probably don't even know, but I get a ton of DMS. It'll say yeah. like, how I dare you? How yeah. dare you? And it's like, and all I can do and I do it publicly. I do it privately. I try to keep it just very, very polite and very light. I say, this was 1960. Times were different. I'm not endorsing. I'm not condemning. I'm showing you a photograph. Like, like Mm. I I'm, I'm actually amazed by how, um, personal everybody takes every i'm amazed i mean i don't i like for me it all feels very strange like it would never cross my mind to be judging what i'm just using you know jackie kennedy chose to wear or whether she chose to smoke in 1962 like i don't yeah that's i don't know if i would judge it if she chose to do it today quite frankly like i am very into kind of do you not not if you're hurting anyone i mean i'm not not like and i want it i just I wanted very badly and I've worked very hard, especially on Instagram to foster a kind of, this is a no judgment zone. This is a respite. If you write me a comment, I will answer every single comment, which you've probably seen. I answer Mm. every comment because to me, that's just polite and I'm interested. I like the dialogue, but if you write me something very nasty, I will respond, but I'm not going to go there. Like I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to, you say, I hate this person's politics, or I'm I'm just going to say, oh, I think she looks pretty in this dress. It's not that I don't understand what you're saying. It's not that I'm, you know, just very shallow. It's that that is not the point of my social media feed. I'm a um, fine art painter and I'm working on a piece right now that is exploring something I'm passionate about, which is discourse and um, discourse that is respectful and kind and compassionate, you know, or varying levels, at least aimed that way. Aimed. (laughs) Especially when you disagree, you know, and what I've, the reason that I'm working on this piece, um, which is exploring and expressing some of the avenues when people disagree, um, that what makes me, uh, what's challenging is to see when people attach, I disagree with you with you're a bad person and That's I really right. don't like you. And maybe I hate you. Maybe I want, you know, maybe I hate you. Maybe I want you dead. <laughs> I see people celebrating that all the time. Like, like, like. You know, it's like, look into the person's eyes who you're sitting across of disagreeing from and like, ask yourself, would this person help me if I was in mortal danger? And the answer I'm almost positive is almost always. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And forgetting that so quickly is, is I think a phenomenon going on right now. And I, understandably it's connected mm. to social media and not having 
not having consequences of your words. I get that. Exactly. But like, let's retreat a little bit. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I find it. Yeah, I, 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 what you said really resonated with me. Exactly. Mm. Like, mm. I'm just, I'm not, I'm, and I, it's, 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 it's very odd to me. Um, Ron, Where do you think, Daniel and I have, have, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw him under the, the proverbial bus for a moment because he does something that has always really impressed me. We've known each other for over a decade. And in this last, I don't know, year or two, he's been keeping a list of values in his pocket, personal values that he's striving for. It's inspired me a lot to think about the quality of my character, the quality of my energy, how I show up in the world. So much so that it's, I'm, I'm kind of meditatively thinking about how, how, how can I be the most authentic and true to myself and unoffendable and yet not offended by others, right? Exactly. Where did you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my, you know, close to my mid forties now. And I feel like I'm just now kind of figuring this out. Like, holy moly. I'm like, I'm allowed to be myself. I'm allowed to say what I want. And, and cause I come from a culture where I, where the, I was celebrated for my niceness, mm. but not being authentic. I had to, I had to fit in a kind of capsule that had a certain kind of appearance. And that was, you know, good on the outside, but like really not totally me in the inside. Where do you think, I mean, I, you know, I know now, now quite a bit of your story and the, the rise, fall, redemption kind of arc, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it seemed like there was, a, there was a thread of that value for you of authenticity always, even in the way that you, you had had like an ulterior or a, a, um, an alter ego, Lisa, who wanted to, to live in the family just enough. Yeah. Tell me more about like that, that like rootedness and authenticity and rootedness and, and quality of, of discourse. Well, I guess I would say, I mean, yes, I did have that fantasy, which was very funny, but I also feel like, and I, I, you, I take it from what you're saying that you've actually listened to the podcast. Is that correct? It's so good. It is oh, really, thank you. really good. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't looking for compliments. I just wanted to know whether what I was going to say was going to make sense. Yeah. So I actually think one of the things I was trying to do when I did the podcast, I mean, I don't know if I understood all of it, but it goes to yeah. your question is, I actually think that being kind of real or authentic, whatever we want to call it, comes fairly naturally to me because I actually think that my family, that that is something like the way you said, oh, maybe in my family or my culture, it was, it was about, you know, just be nice and don't just, you know, maybe it's whether it's true, whether it's authentic or not authentic, just say the right thing or whatever yeah. that means. But I, my family, I feel like I came from a family of very outspoken, very direct mm -hmm. people. And yeah. I've grown to think that that was a, I'm very pleased about that. It wasn't always easy. But people always ask me, wow, when I listened to that podcast, you were also honest. Wow. And mm. see, it's new for me because I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, mm. if we were going to, if I'm doing, if, first of all, if I'm doing a memoir, what, I'm not going to be dishonest? Like, what's the point? Yeah. And then like my family too. I just don't know that we know from, maybe I, I sometimes wonder if it's a cultural thing, New mm. York City, Jewish, like, you know, I remember like it just, to me, I just, I, it's all, maybe it's a bad thing. I don't really a hundred percent know how to do the other. <laughs> like it would probably be good. Like there'll probably be instances. And like you said something about this. I don't, again, I'm not saying this is positive. It's, yeah. it's neutral. Yeah. I find one of the commonalities of the world we're living in today that again, mm. this is somewhat new yeah. is everybody's offended. Everybody's always offended. Yeah. Like, it takes so much to offend me. Like I can't even imagine like most, like, like, 
I just don't understand the easy off. I, I don't mean, I, I just wish, I guess you were saying it too, but it all sounds so like fake and like, oh, I'm such a good person. I'm not such a good person, but I do feel like, why can't we just accept that most of us are not trying to offend the other person? So instead yeah. of interpreting it yeah. in the worst possible yeah. way, yeah. maybe interpret it in a better way. And then, and conversely, like, obviously I don't, I, I mean, most people, I, 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 get, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying this clearly, but I think most people don't mean offense. And I don't think there's such a, big reason to constantly walk around offended and I don't think you know as a business person as someone that started my own brand like that's just really not going to work like I'm worried for this generation sometimes because yeah. like life is rough people are going to th say things you don't like everything yeah. can't be like no 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 I can't hear that so like you know and I don't mean it unkindly like I, yeah. I don't think anyone should be intentionally nasty yeah. to somebody it's but go ahead sorry Go on. No, no. I was just say I just like I just think people can can be a little bit more honest. I don't think we're living in a time that encourages that. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seems like the way I'm trying to piece it out or have been is that we're getting really attached to specific words, and and missing the intention and the emotion and the and mm -hmm. the person you know behind those words, and you know, it's nuanced. There's a lot of factors, I think, and not that I have it all figured out, but also, you know, there's not a lot, of, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of allowance for mistakes. And it's there like, isn't. Hey, you know, I'm working mm. it out, you know, like past or present, <laughs> past or present. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's right. very frightening because if you made a mistake mm. five years ago, that right. wasn't even necessarily a mistake right. five years ago, because right. five years ago, it might've been normal you could pay a very, very big price today. And it feels like even once the bit, I feel like when I watch some people trying to apologize, I'm almost looking at them like dead man walking. I want to say like, yeah. you don't understand. Like, sadly, like yeah. no one's going to accept. I, I don't agree with this, but it feels yeah, like no one's going to yeah. accept your apology. Like, like it's no, yeah, it's too late. We um, had a, not we had into a, it. We had a guest earlier on this week, same one I referenced earlier. And in that conversation, he said something that Ron and I were both like, ooh. Um, but we just brought it up later, you know, and said, Hey, you know, uh, curious about this thing you said. And it was like, not sure I agree with it, but what do you think? And we just spent about 10 minutes teasing it out. And it was really cool. Like it was never argumentative. Um, he, you know, said, yeah, actually, let me basically, he said like, let me rethink that. And here's maybe a better way. I was like, it was awesome. You know, it's like, oh, cool. And even door. at the end, let's say you guys had agreed, you could have agreed to disagree. Like you yeah. could have been like, yeah. I understand now what you meant. I still don't agree with it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I don't expect that. I, I find that it's funny on Instagram too. People will like write me like, I don't like her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like smiley face. Like I do, you don't. That, tomato, tomato, mm. like yeah. I, all good. All... They'll say they don't like someone that you posted a picture yeah. of. Yeah. Let's say I don't, I don't care at all. Like I, I don't like, care okay. at all. I just see like, really like, specific like everyone's it's a backwards, yeah. it seems to be a, a bit of a backwards uh, form of of bringing in content in our life where we choose to follow people, right? We choose to like, I want to hear the voice of this person and the content they, they bring us. And then I'm also offended and lead with resentment <laughs> for whatever they bring to me. And, and boy, that is like, that gets into a, you know, um, the old rigmarole real fast. Like it, it does not lead to generative outcomes. And, and I really gauge where I'm trying to go in my life by understanding, am I, am I aligning myself with people or organizations that are leading with resentment 
and leading with this kind of sense of entitlement or am I lead or am I trying to align myself with kind of the spirit of the conversations that you're talking about, which is that's not my intent here's, you know, I'm not even going there and I am, I'm leading with, I don't know. I, the word that comes to my mind is mirth and joyfulness and, yeah. and humor, like humor, humor is humor, but I feel like there's been a death of humor. Like yeah. sometimes even, again, I keep going back to Instagram because I know that's where you guys know me from. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll find that I'll write something sometimes and most people do get it. Like this isn't negative. I mean, it's, all, sure. it's just funny. I'll write something and I can tell people are taking it really seriously. I'm like, <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> like, not, it's nothing bad. It's not like I'm getting yeah. in trouble because I said something yeah. mean about somebody yeah. as a joke. I understand that. But more just, even if it's about myself, they'll say, oh, don't feel that way about yourself. It's like, oh no, I don't. I was just like, mm. I, it's okay that I'm not a good skier. I'm not sad. Yeah. I'm not I'm making a laughing face. Like, like, no, my parents wasn't mean of my parents to take us on a ski trip. That wasn't my point. Um, I know what you mean about that when you poke fun fun of yourself in a good spirit, and then someone's like, You're being so mean to yourself. It's like, whoa, whoa, this is fun. I'm having fun. I'm not, I'm not having a bad day. I'm not curled up in a ball over it. Exactly. I no, no, there's a truth to every joke. It's like, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I strange, strange times indeed, but I, um, I'm trying despite these times to, you know, within reason sort of show who I am, even though I don't feel that we're being encouraged to sort of each have our own narratives and opinions, but I'm trying because otherwise life is so boring. I find everyone so basic. Like I like, I like the weird. I like the different. I like the interesting. Like I you're really succeeding and it it's charming and it's it's valued and it's it's a it's a healthy supportive i think respite from some of the other content and even good content like you're celebrating something you know with your instagram page for example and i really think that 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 celebration is uh valuable and it allows people to see into worlds and your you your instagram account is like really clean you know it's just it's got it knows you know everything matches and yet you can go on an adventure through the history of this type i don't know how how the best way to say it was but this demographic certain level of uh, wealth and and class and um, not that other people don't have class, you know, in different, I know, you know, you mean socioeconomic. Like, yeah, yeah, you know course, what I mean. Just, yeah, I know what you mean exactly. See, like one of my favorite, my top five favorite books is Errol Flynn's autobiography. Have you ever heard of it? I, I mean, of course, I know Errol Flynn, but I haven't. It's awesome. It's so fun. It's called My Wicked Wicked Ways, and he wanted <laughs> to call sounds. it In Like yeah. Me. That was the title he pitched to the because in like Flynn that term yes of course him, right yeah. he wanted to call it in like me and the publishers were like go you can go after yourself <laughs> like that's not right. happening right. but he called it my wicked wicked ways and I I remember reading it and it it shows this man who came from Australia Tasmania no less the mm. Australia of Australia mm. essentially <laughs> and um you might know more about him even than I do having read this book but. He was a real adventurer, right? And then he was an adventurer whose adventures took him into this world of a very high society and wealth and glamour and fame. And there was something that I loved about that combination and something that I get to scratch that itch a little bit by looking at your 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 page. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. It's just been nice. I think that I think what I'm trying with both the podcast, my Instagram page, the way I speak to my customers, even in my 
fashion brands is to kind of show that like, yeah, like obviously, like I grew up in a very sort of rarefied world, obviously, but it's kind of like I've said, I think I've said this before. It's like, you know, when we all like the whole world loved the Sopranos, when we used to all kind of have shared cultural experiences yeah. before everything got so cluttered. <laughs> so we all used to watch the Sopranos. And we loved it. And I think what we loved about it was it was like, I mean, again, I don't know anything about the two of you. So maybe your fathers were mobsters and that's cool, yeah. but mine wasn't. So I'm like, okay, it's not like I come from a mafia family, but we yeah. can all relate to, to this man, we can relate to him. He's got trouble with his business partners, you know, issues with the wife, the kids aren't behaving. And it's like, yeah, okay, mafia, but they're kind of just like us. And I think that's sort of what I, I think, I think maybe what resonates about my page and my podcast and what I hear back from people is like, Liz, I didn't grow up like that at all. You know, I had no money. We never went anywhere, blah, blah, blah. But everything you're saying, I get like, yes, I had those same thoughts. I had those same feelings because I think that there are, there's so much more. I mean, again, I feel like this is making me sound like, I mean, I joke that I am Pollyanna because I, 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 I don't get depressed a lot, but it does feel a little weirdly Pollyannish what I'm saying, but I do think there's so many, there's so much, there's humanity in common. So maybe that's what you're surprised about like yeah even though I was you know a privileged 12 year old I was still a 12 year old so I had the same 12 year old fantasies and thoughts and insecurities and people mm-hmm. I looked up to yeah, that sure. any other 12 year old all around the globe yeah. who, in every circumstance and I find that's what people that's what seems to be resonating they're like wow yeah no I could totally relate because like I'm not I'm not yeah. familiar with that term Pollyann ish oh okay pollyanna was a movie um uh uh, in i want to say the 50s or 60s and the the starring girl was named pollyanna and she was Mm -hmm. always she just always looked on the bright side she had a lot of bad things happen to her a lot um but she was so charming and so positive that she won over the small town that she was living in of not very nice villagers and her grandmother who was kind of a mean woman ended up loving her and who had adopted her. It's, it's, it's longer than that. But the word Pollyanna in my mind kind of, kind of became part of the English language a bit. I'm not saying you should necessarily know it, but it became kind of synonymous with um, just always looking on the bright side, always looking on the bright side. And I would say that, you know, it takes a lot to bring me down. I don't know mm. what that is about me. I just mm. don't, I don't get like, you know, again, maybe it's, it's, it's helped me a lot as being an entrepreneur. Yeah, there are always yeah. a lot of problems, a lot of issues. And I'm always kind of like, okay, well, what's the solution? Yeah. And wow. in life. Yeah. And yeah. In life. Yeah. yeah. As soon as, as soon as I got your uh, email this morning, I called Ron and I said, we have a problem. And Ron goes, no, we don't. We have solutions. Exactly. And it was fine. I should have written you back. The second you guys weren't on and I wrote that, I was like, oh, of course. There it was specific. It was specific. When oh. I saw the email before I went to bed last night with 9 a.m., it's just like, of course, as I'm living on the East Coast. Yeah. But yes, yes, yes. And I was even thinking, did we say 9 a.m.? But okay. Um yeah. anyway, then I knew and it was completely fine. So I'm sorry. Uh, that oh, part that no, is no on me. I, I actually yeah. uh, was realizing after that that I uh, could have and from now on will when I when I confirm to <laughs> reconfirm. You should. <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. Absolutely. So in my, in my mid twenties, um, early twenties, I moved to, I'm, I'm going to like omit some details to the story because I, I'm <laughs> almost certain you're going to know this family and, and I don't want to, I have a kind of a rule in my life is I don't talk shit about people. And, yeah. and um, you do do, you do that well, actually. Thanks. Good man. Job. I didn't yeah. realize that was a real, yeah. So in my early 20s, I um, was working for a big corporation in, in Los Angeles and, uh, and they, who had small offices all over the country. And, and I was being fast-tracked to become one of, a manager of one of these offices. And then uh, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, 
um, got an opportunity to go to a grad school and in a small town in the Southwest. And, uh, and suddenly I had to move and kind of follow her to go to do this thing. She's a very smart young lady. She had gone to Stanford. Her dad was her Harvard guy. Her grandfather was a Yale guy, a professor there. I'm sorry, Duke. And, and so I thought, okay, she's an academic and I need to like support her. And the, and the company I was working for said, Hey, no problem. We're going to open a store for you in this place. And, and, uh, they didn't, you know, it took months and months and then like, you know, it was going on. And in the process, I answered an ad in the paper because I was, I needed to, to make some money. And I, and I ended up having two jobs. One job was uh, a stockist in a grocery store. And the other job, the, the ad in the paper said, do you like, or something about, can you help adolescent, you know, preteens with their homework, something really innocuous sounding. And uh, I said, sure. You know, I thought I could, I could work in the morning, in the afternoon, I can go be a tutor. And I, um, answered the, answered the ad was given an address. The address was through these massive gates in this town on acreage. And, and I was suddenly uh, with a family who at the time publicly was worth billions. And, and I was hired as a tutor, but I was really a Manny. That's, that was my role. And these children whom um, were adopted to this older couple um, came from a foreign country and they had working memories of their life before this. They, they, one of them re remembered seeing his mother killed. Um, another remembers her mother um, being a sex worker. Like it was really traumatic stuff. And, and a couple of things. One is they were just completely normal teenagers. No, you know, and we flew in private jets. We went to, you know, stayed on yachts and the whole deal. Uh, the downside to that, though, is, is if Cruella de Vil needed a, an architect to be written after, this, the mother figure in this story was that. Mm -hmm. And she had a terrible drinking problem. She was physically and verbally abusive to the point I had to call the police and have an intervention with the school on some trips the 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 older gentleman had physically uh, had threatened with violence people who are working with him you know he's like i'm going to get a baseball bat and i'm going to kill it and this was like a, a kind of a tottering old man like you know it was rough and and they were from new york and we went back and forth and his family was from new york and and at a certain point about a year in i was like i can't do this anymore like everyone who's worked for this family is we all have the thousand yard stare of having witnessed things that we just can't imagine. And, and that kind of, you know, I was 24, 25 and that kind of solidified in me this like fear of, of a society or a group of people that like really did not value humanity and, and, and people outside of their close knit culture. And, and the interesting thing is, I, I think now is what, what, was delightful to me when I was introduced to your pod or your Instagram and then later your podcast was there was none of that in your story. And, and I began to kind of have to, I had to deconstruct my ideas about wealth and I had to deconstruct yeah. my ideas about high society. And then I realized like, Oh, it's all humanity. We're all human. And there are good people at the top and bad people at the, at the top and good people, you know, in, in lower yeah. you know, lower societies. And it's like really not like it has nothing to do with 
anything other than a person's character or how they're leading that, themselves. Go I don't ahead, think Andy. that point can be overstated, really. You know, yeah. I, I just think that that is, it's Jim Carrey said this too. You know, mm. he said, he said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so they realize dot, 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 you know, it ain't the thing. You know, it's a pain in the ass yeah. as much, you know, in, in different ways, you know, there's, and then there's that other thing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, uh, Liz, or if, if you agree, you know, but there is this, uh, think this idea out there that, um, <clears throat> when people have uh, up to about 50 or $60,000 of income that they do get happier, the closer they approach that number. But after that number, it dramatically shut, like there's not much more happiness like that comes with more money. And well, I mean, sorry, go on. Sorry, sorry. No, please. That's it. That's, that's no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so obviously true. I mean, we could start with a few basics, like having money, is, 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 is good. I mean, it's a positive, right? Yeah, I mean, like in yeah. terms of like, if you get sick, you know, the healthcare, oh, there are their experiences yeah. you can have, like, it's yeah, hard right. to, it's hard to disagree with the fact that if you had to choose between having money, not having money, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I think most people would say, yeah, I'd rather have money. Like, you know, all things, be, yeah. all, all other things being, equal. Yeah, like, totally. yeah, better with money uh, solves problems. But I think that it's, it, it's a hundred percent undeniably true that money does not bring happiness. Like if it brought happiness, we'd see nothing but like a whole group of people that were just <laughs> thrilled all the time. Like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. and in fact, sometimes I think, and I totally get this, that I've, others have told me that they kind of grew up thinking, if only I were rich, mm. that's, that's the issue. Like I'm not happy, I'm da da da. But if I had X amount of dollars, of course they'd be happy. So then it's almost the opposite happens. They get X amount of dollars. And of course the other issues have not gone away because they're, yeah. you know, they're personal issues that money can't yeah. solve. And then they're even more depressed. Like it's almost worse. It's mm. like, well then, then what? Like I had this yeah. hope almost, there's something almost good about the striving and the thinking that there's something out there that's gonna work everything out. And then when you have to face the fact that it's not that, and, and what you were saying at the beginning about how, of course, like, I, I understand why it might not have been obvious, but of course, like, I, I, no matter what your income level or who you, you know, there are some great people, there's some horrendous people, there's some okay people, and that is just across, across the board. There's no real way to stereotype, which I think brings us back to, in some ways, the beginning of this conversation with like, you know, why have all these negative preconceived ideas about anyone, no matter what, yeah. even if they voted yeah. for somebody that you think is the worst person yeah. on the planet, maybe they voted for that person because they actually thought that person could do a good job. I'm just yeah. saying like, like, yeah. and I'm not, this isn't me. I'm not talking about myself. I'm just saying like, you. just, I'm trying to go to the most extreme. Like, why can't we just think that there is a way that to like, that it's not all Rich people aren't all evil. Yeah. They're not all yeah. perfect. They're not all, huh? You know. I have this little um, <laughs> imagination that I do that's been really helpful, <clears throat> which is when I'm hanging out with somebody who uh, maybe I disagree with, or when I see two people disagreeing, maybe not in the most healthy ways. And I also disagree in not healthy ways still to this day with people. Of course, me too. Of course. <laughs> and, and I, I imagine I like- I'm perfect at it. <laughs> um, I imagine being stuck on a desert island with that person. Mm. You know, and I, or, or those two people being stuck on a desert island. And I'm like, I doubt that they would be at war with each other. You know, I'm pretty sure they would be like, we got to work together and like do this thing, you know, and maybe that's naive, but I don't think so. No, 
It's the way almost every romance, you know how like the gist of every, what I'll call a rom-com or romantic comedy (laughs) is that too often, I mean, it's so funny, we've forgotten this in real life, two people start out, um, uh, you know, that are going to end up together romantically and they hate each other. You know know how that's like such a common theme? Like they hate each other. She thinks this of him, he thinks that of her, or if it's two men or two, whatever they they have. And then they get to know each other for some, some way and they often end up, you know, when you, they end up together at the end of the, movie or the book so yeah like that's you know that's really funny you said that i was i i i did one of those dna tests you know years ago yeah and occasionally i'll look at it the results because it changes based on the the population samples of like my genetic background and my favorite part of my genetic background is that i have some tiny percentage of neanderthal dna in there (laughs) <laughs> and the other day I was driving around and my mind started to create a rom-com between the Neanderthal and the, and the Homo sapien and being from warring villages or like having, you know, their parents <laughs> having to talk and their parents <laughs> trying to separate them and nothing was going to separate them and everything was going to bring them together. And now, now I'm the result. I, I I'm going to jump from that a little bit. Now though, you're be- the ancient, you're the, you're the, <laughs> the kin way down the line. Yeah. <laughs> explain a lot. <laughs> Uh, you know, part of, part of why we call this podcast cutting for sign is we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, I don't want to make it sound too spooky, but read the tea leaves or, or read the sign on, on our next right step in life. And for me, because maybe because of my background, maybe because of my, my personality and just what I do is I, I, I tend to lean into the invisible. I ask for help and assistance from the invisible, whatever that is, which I don't know. I, I grew up thinking it was one thing. It's a complete mystery to me now. But Daniel says, and I agree, you know, when when he leans on it, when I lean on it, it leans back. And and things seem to kind of open themselves up for me and opportunities begin to happen and assistance seems to come. Is there any of that in your life or is there is there, and there doesn't need to be at all, but is there some part of your life where you feel like there is like an assistance outside of yourself that you wouldn't be able to like say, like give a name to or something like that? And, and do you mean like religion or spirituality? God, spirituality. Do you mean those kind of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I would say, I always say that I'm not a terribly spiritual person. It's only yeah. the opposite. People say like, oh, I'm, I am. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I'm probably more religious than I am spiritual, although I'm not really? terribly religious, yeah. but I care a lot about being Jewish. I care a lot about it. I care about the tradition. I care about yeah. what it meant. I'm very respectful of it. Yeah. So, um, so, but I don't know that, that I could say that I lean into it in the way that you were describing. I will hmm. say, I guess what I, I don't think this is exactly what you mean, but I try very hard to kind of say yes to a lot of different things. Even I, I almost would say like, when in doubt, always say yes. Like I just try to say yes. And then yeah. when I find that I say yes, that it usually, of course not always, but usually yeah. ultimately, even if it's a few steps away, can lead to something good that I didn't even realize in any way knew that it could lead to. I always feel like it's so much more upside than downside. I say that to people when they ask me, I mean, this isn't what you mean, but when people ask me about dating, I always think to myself, well, go on the date. I mean, if you don't yeah. go on the date, you know, okay, you'll yeah, like whatever. But if you go on the date, you might hate him, but you might really like him. Like there's just, and I feel that way about business, about everything. Mm. I mean, I think you said invisible and one of the most yeah. like 
flattering notes I ever got in my life was from the CEO of Target years and years ago, mm. where he was talking about my maternity line. And he said something to me like, you know, you saw the invisible, like, mm. like that there was this other way that women could dress, even though they didn't yeah. know it yet. So I, I think about it from that perspective, but I don't I know. If that's I a really, spiritual. that's a really practical way. <clears throat> Cause Ron knows this, you know, about, about me and our, our dynamic, like we were in a writing group recently. And in the beginning we would do a check-in all the groups, like almost like in a, in a, you know, men's group or, or, you know, self-help or something. Yeah. Self-help or something. And, and it was always like mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And I would get to the spiritual and I'd be like, I already covered it by talking (laughs) about all the other ones. Like that's how I'm doing. And that, that quote spiritual, I just, it's a little bit vague for me right now, you know, and I just like to cover that stuff and how I'm doing mentally, emotionally, and physically. And I think that is to say more, not to discount that word, but more practically. And I think that the answer that you're giving is a really practical yeah. way that answers that question. And I think is connected to the mystery of everything. Like you just, you know, there's a little, of course you're discerning, but there's a little bit of a, a par- opportunity comes and I'm going to trust this. Like, yes, you know, and right. I'll trust myself to get out if it goes pear-shaped, you know, also. Of like course. That's all part of it. Right. Like I'm not saying I always worry. I'm not saying you should headlong, you know, yeah, head yeah, restrained yeah. to danger yeah. like an idiot. Like I just more mean that like, yes, like with a certain amount of reason and judgment, I think most things, because I always feel like so that it takes you like even, I mean, again, because I'm asked often for business advice. Mm. It's always like, well, it's something you're going to just do it. It's that why don't you just everything you do maybe brings you one step in a positive direction or closer. Who knows where those steps will ultimately go? We don't know. But if every step is kind of possibly going towards something, Mm -hmm. usually I find things happen, whether it's what you thought was going to happen or something else, but something good. So I yeah. And that's connected to me to saying yes. Like, unless I yeah. can't, I try to say yes. Like, I didn't, this this podcast is an example. I didn't know you guys. Like, you know, uh, like I'm just saying, <laughs> honestly. Honest. But it's like, you know, why not? Like, what, people are always surprised. Awesome. always say, well, why? Awesome. Even even answering answering emails or answering comments. Because you, you mm. never know. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, they yeah. took the time to write something to me. Why wouldn't I? Right. It's like another, um, another guest of ours, uh, uh, Steve Maxwell, an amazing human, uh, a movement uh, specialist, and uh, he's pretty high up in the lineage of ju- of American um, uh, jujitsu that oh. that have studied under the Gracie family. It's like there's he was the first like you know American white guy to get a Brazilian jujitsu black belt from the. So, anyways, yeah, he's he's lived this epic life, and we were talking to him, and <clears throat> excuse me. He was, uh, we were kind of speaking to this, like how we create, uh, our opportunity, our opportunities mm-hmm. and our success. And he goes, it always, for, for him, he goes, it always comes from other people always, yeah. you know? Always. And it was yeah. just so yeah. cool, like humble, you know, and it, it's humble of you. It, maybe that's too strong of a word, but like, how cool is that, that you say yes to things that you're not a hundred percent sure of, and that you, it's also kind of like confident you know you're like I, I know I can handle this and I'll be fine I love I it I feel like it's almost self it's almost to me though like so it's almost I don't mean this it's almost self-serving like I don't really understand yeah, the opposite sure. like I like like sometimes I'll say like yeah I answer customer or like customers I answer customer emails sure I think it's sure. the right thing to do I think it's nice I think it's good yeah. it's also really great for me like I find you always get something out of it like oh nice. but then I'm learning something about our customer then yeah. I'm learning something about the world like I'm interacting with you all on Instagram I'm learning like I'm I'm oh 
oh, they feel this way, interesting, or, you know, any experience, you just like, I don't feel like almost like people aren't acting in there. It's, it, I think it is actually self-interested in the best possible way yeah. to, to take, yeah. to take opportunities. I mean, in terms of spirituality, and maybe this is the Jewish part, I do believe that we only live once. I understand that everybody does, but since, mm -hmm. since I believe that I'm like, I'm here, like we're, we're doing this, like, this is <laughs> my life. Like, you know, I can't, I can't say I'm perfect to do. I, I mean, I, tr this is what I'm striving for. I'm not mm. perfect at it at, far from it, but I might as well be doing as much as I can having these different opportunities, seeing where they lead. Some lead nowhere, some lead somewhere like, yeah. What else? A little, yeah. a little side note. I feel like I'm, um, have getting a lot of Jewish, uh, education right now. Cause I'm listening to Seth Rogan's autobot, his book. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard it. I didn't even know he wrote a book, but I didn't like, know he wrote a book, but I'm very aware of what's going on with him. I know, I know exactly who he is. Yeah. He deep dives into, into his, I mean, it starts out with his family. So it's just like Jewish. He's hilarious. Just, he's, he's rooting around funny. in it. Yeah, that's so great. Funny. I feel like I'm the same way. You probably noticed it on my podcast. Like somehow <laughs> the Jewish thing for some of us is just very central. I, I, um, I appreciate it, the honesty in all that. Like, it, like there's just like, this is how I am. This is where I, yeah. I'm, I am. Uh, I, so I was raised to essentially become an evangelical pastor. Like wow. I was, I was, um, you know, the, everything around me and my family was pushing me towards that. And I could never like connect the dots in my mind as owning that personally for me. And yet I've, I've recognized that a lot of it is still kind of in my brain in a, in a, maybe a way that some people like happens to them when they're like kidnapped <laughs> and taken to, you know, taken to like the cult or something. And I, and I'm not mad at my mom and dad. Like they, I think they were trying the best they could with what I they I always had. say that. I think yeah. that, by the way, I think that's the most healthy way that people can feel I yeah. see too much complaining about people's parents everyone mm. was doing their best I mean and totally. obviously not in extreme positions yeah. like when you said someone was physically abusive but totally. generally it's they yeah. were where they were they were trying their hardest it's not easy that's sorry go on yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome thank you and uh I've I've so I had to like cut myself off from that culture for a long time and I've um in kind of my own like I don't know just taking care of myself I'm really trying to remove the voice of the critic, the inner critic, remove the self-judgment, all that stuff. And, and for some reason, I, I, I listened to Krista Tippett on being, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you are, are you familiar with that podcast. I am, but I haven't listened to it. Okay. Don't worry about it. And, okay. and she, uh, she interviewed a guy, a theologian who passed away a bunch of years ago. And he talked about the honesty of the Psalms and, um, and I was like, honesty in the Psalms, And I couldn't quite get my head around it. And, and he wrote a, uh, a vernacular version of the entire Bible. His name is Eugene Peterson, this theologian. And it's like really easy to read and, and also a little bit clunky because he, you know, he translated it from Hebrew into English. And, and, it's, and it says things like, God punched my enemy in the nose. Make his baby, you know, like, like really kind of dirty, like, whoa, grimy stuff. That's, that's kind of what, the, yeah, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Oh and, and the, <laughs> the gift to me though, is like, I, like, I thought I had to, I had this like invisible filter in my mind of thoughts about other people and myself and, and the world and my experience. And I'm like, Good Lord, Ronald, like allow yourself to be honest, allow yourself to say exactly what you want to say. It can be hyperbole. It could be metaphor. It could be simile. It could, it, and, but just don't hold back internally. And I, and I'm learning 
I'm learning so much about myself just in that very simple exercise. And then watching you who are like, you're, you know, you don't have the filter, but you also have an incredible amount of dignity and respect for yourself and those around you. And just like you said, uh, we're all just doing the best we can (laughs) with what we got. And I, and I think there's something also about your, your stance that there's a, there's a limit. And maybe some of this is because of your own experience with your health. And and maybe your brush with with mortality. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get the juice of life out of this moment. And and I'm it's speaking to me, Liz. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I feel that way. I mean, and I like what you said, and I agree. Like I feel like, yeah, that, um we also just don't have to pretend. I I love I actually love the honesty of I mean of 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 the Torah of the Old yeah. Testament, which I'm sure part of this was translated from that. Oh yeah. Where yeah, it's not what people think. It's not all like God was so sweet and da da da. It's it's real. It's yeah. real emotions. It's jealousy. It's anger. It's it's yeah. revenge, and like yeah, like I don't know. Like I I, I love the lack of fakeness. I guess well, is what we, I'm saying. we That's experience thing. those things too, right? Like. I think of yeah. uh, my an inner world sometimes as an actual you know place or you know and and what's going on down there and you know I can we can filter things out and we can express them in mature ways but the truth is is some of the inner world is fucking war you know I mean, like, exactly <laughs> who are we kidding <laughs> exactly. right totally <laughs> and I do feel sorry for grown-ups for people in their forties and fifties that are still somehow and i just I, maybe this is the most judgmental thing i'm going to say on the show but I, uh, I guess i honestly feel this way yeah we're still kind of complaining and blaming their life on their family or their totally. parents because unless it's the most extreme circumstance like what you described those two teenagers when you know what what they had been yeah. through prior to the adoption and maybe the adoption but even they you said were normal um it's like it's just something in my mind pathetic is a very mean word but i can't think of a better one something pathetic about it it's like own your life like i don't yeah, know what your parents right. did i don't know you know like but like even if they like own it like at this point it's nobody's fault but yours kind of like yeah. you know and that's the sort truth. of the way i'm feeling about all this victimy stuff like i'm not yeah. not not generally and i'm not again i'm not making a political yeah. statement but generally like try to own your your life at some point in time you know the buck stops with each one of us and it's my choice there's this great book um by an author named victor frankel yeah. and uh man's search for meaning oh you're familiar yeah <laughs> Awesome. I am familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, I just think that's the best, one of the most powerful examples of what we're talking about is what's one of the worst things on this planet that could have happened to you? It would be going to Auschwitz and being a Jew during that time. Yeah. And it happened to him. And then during that process, he ends up taking accountability and being like, no, this was on me to, to, a, to and it's a nuanced situation, you know, right. but he arrived to that place. And I was just like, whoa how can I ever complain about anything again, really? You know, exactly. and, and then it, it challenges you too to use one's intellect and be like, well, how is this my fault? Like, how could, how is this on me? And, and sometimes it gets really close to the vest, you know, and, you know, with, with him, I just think it was amazing that he was empowered to be like, oh, you know what? It's, it's after everything, it's still my choice to mm-hmm decide how and choose how I respond to what's happening to me and the fact that he had such a powerful mind and and spirit or whatever you know he could do that with being you know tortured and having his family killed um it's amazing right I think it speaks to what you're saying unreal I yes yes um 
And I feel that way. Like, I mean, again, I'm, 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 I'm not him. I'm not even close. I'm yeah. not like, you know, I worship, but I like, for instance, when I was younger, a very pivotal thing happened that I actually wrote my college essay on, mm-hmm. which was, I was at Yale summer school. Mm-hmm. but that was it wasn't you know, just summer school when I was in 11th grade and uh one night I came back to my room and a bunch of kids who lived in the same dorm had kind of like cut up torn up some of my clothing like they had kind of destroyed some of my clothing so of course my first reaction with my friends at that time was you know outrage fury how dare they like I-, I hate them and how dare they and they're just jealous of me and they're jealous of my clothes and oh my goodness and then I don't know how because I was young and I it was weird it kind of hit me that these kids hated me and I had done something I clearly whether consciously or unconsciously had 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 created that situation like they didn't hate everybody mm-hmm. like they hated mm. me and then I and then it, it changed me. Like I, I actually became friends with some of them. I apologized to some of them. It was like this wow. weird, maybe Whoa. it was as close as I've ever got to a spiritual moment where it was kind of like, instead of being angry, maybe I need to think about what it is about the way I presented myself at this summer school that has made a group of kids, not just one, but a group of kids feel this way about me. Like they don't that's like a, me. They think I'm a, a snob. They think I'm, a, you know, like, and it, it changed, it, 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 it literally changed me. What a great example of that. It. Yeah, that's, that's a great oh. example. Right. I mean, it's not Auschwitz. I'm not even trying, you know, no, it's hard. nothing to do with that, <laughs> yeah. but it was just this strange moment. Liz, wow. I know we're going to, sorry, Ron, do you have something to say? I mean, I, I'm sitting here, you know, unfortunately talking through the lens of my, where I grew up and I'm like, that seems miraculous that you would have this moment of, of clarity of personal responsibility where victimhood would be the most obvious. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. I was feeling that way. It took, it took a minute. Like it yeah, wasn't like sure. my first yeah, reaction. Yeah, of course. How could it not? It, but it just, all of a sudden I was like, these kids actually always, I always kind of like these kids. Like they seem <laughs> nice. I thought yeah. we were friends. <laughs> right. So it, it was just kind of, yeah. Yeah. But there's anyway. definitely a process, right? Victor Frankel yeah. didn't walk into Auschwitz and be like, you know what? I got this. <laughs> I know we're about to lose you, but I wanted to ask one just little selfish question. Um, and it was kind of cool. You just mentioned Yale because I was I just had recently had uh, this very sweet romance with this woman who and she was a Yale graduate. And so I was sending her your uh, she's really got nice fashion sense. And so I was telling her, hey, we're interviewing or we're talking, um, speaking with Liz Lang. Uh, have you heard of her? And I sent her the fig website. And uh, she got back to me yesterday and she was saying some comments about the clothes. And she, um, she goes, I bet I, she goes, I bet that all of those prints are from specific places and chosen specifically. And I was, I wanted to ask you. If well, yes, good. but they're all, they're actually, they're all vintage prints. And so I spent oh. a lot of time kind of seeing, dealing with like vintage dealers who sell old prints. So it's oh, not okay. that they're all, so that that's where they come from. And then, cool. Yeah, then we recolor them and we do different things with them, but that's that's where they're that's right. I didn't even know what print meant. I had to ask her, like, what is that print? Do you, do you know what print means? Do I? Are you asking me? I, I didn't yeah. think you were asking me. Um, Liz, I, do you? No, that I don't think happen. I do. I it's funny in Santa Fe, I ended up working. You laughed like, like I, you were laughing and you uh, like didn't know these. I'll stop, I'll stop, here. I'll stop. <laughs> I, I before we lose you, Liz, I will have to say my wife says who I've been married to 13 years. Liz is a, is a legend. And has inspired mm. her and others that she knows. So uh, she's she's walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain right now, 
And oh, wow. uh, yeah, she's on day 16, I think. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for joining us. This is a really yeah, fun a conversation. Pleasure. You've helped you've helped me a lot. I'm like really rethinking some things about about myself. So I appreciate that. Well, yeah. Thank you. This thank was you such so a pleasure, much, guys. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> really good. Okay. Thank okay. you. Well, have a good day, and um, we'll, uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing to see your see your uh, your stuff on Insta and, and and getting a little further into that. Now that I know you too, it's like okay, it kind of makes even more sense. And so, thank you so much, Liz. Yeah, Liz. thank you both. Thank really, you. really good time. Really, really nice. fun. I'm happy uh, to come on and do it for longer at another time. If that's awesome, awesome, absolutely. We'll take you up on that. Cool. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. Let's just jump into the field dressing yeah, it's okay. yeah, man. I I am I am I'm really glad we had Liz on today. And um again, I didn't have any idea who she was. And I think that Well, yeah, you did <laughs> when she came on. Oh no, no, no. Oh yeah, obviously when she came on, but when I first was introduced to her, right? And yeah. and um and I don't we know. We should if do I, that though. Have someone we don't know, literally don't know who they are. <laughs> okay Dude, I, what's your name i'm sure yeah well i not we could do like i've been thinking about this sorry I, I don't mean to cut you off sorry yeah. i guess i do mean to cut you off but forgive me please stop talking ronald <laughs> no 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 just pause um i've i've thought that doing the smart list thing where you surprise me or i surprise you with a guest we should do that give that a shot hell yeah yeah you don't uh, seem as enthusiastic as i thought you were gonna well be. i was gonna say like uh you bring in like we bring in each other's ex-wives <laughs> oh yeah no that's definitely a trust fall <laughs> uh um, anyways what was the boring point you were you were making yeah it is super boring <laughs> sorry, it is super boring kidding. i don't know man i guess i'm realizing like how inauthentic i've been most of my life ah dude aren't we all man i mean geez yeah. like i wish i could say it wasn't true but jesus it is true like i, I just you, brother you know and and the and she Liz instills a kind of authenticity that is so approachable and and like innocent and not a naive way. I think sometimes we think of innocence as naivety, right? Or maybe it's maybe a better way to say it is the word you used with her, which is humble, right? And but that 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 conversation she talked or the story she talked about uh, being a teenager at the summer school at Yale. It's like what teenager does that? What kid does it? That was fucking baller, man. That was yeah. a good, a good, that was a very cool, because how that, that is an example of what Victor Franco done did in that's manageable and in <clears throat> regularly normal person's life, you know, like yeah. he's not in one of the worst situations. She, she wasn't in one of the worst situations a human can be in like he yeah. was, but she's like, this is how that applied to my life. And, and I think that her saying that that was kind of spiritual too, yeah, you know, I don't know if I would use that word, and she wasn't jumping on that word either. Totally. But the the thing is, is I think that you know, there's a lot of fucky weird stuff going on. We don't really know what the hell's going on here mm -hmm. uh, with us living in, you know, on Earth and being in human bodies. We're like, what's really happening? We don't know. You <laughs> yeah. know, ergo, this has been hitting me a lot lately. Lately, mm -hmm. that well, probably a lot of stuff that's happening to us is happening for reasons that we're just as a species we're not aware of yet you know mm -hmm. and when weird shit like you make an emotional inner decision to take some accountability in a situation mm -hmm. like she did with her classmates during that summer school yeah 
and then shit starts to change, you know, well, maybe, maybe you made a decision and that decision is affecting other people in, like she said, subconscious, whether that was really wise that she used the word subconscious, you know, yeah, and go further than subconscious, maybe in a metaphysical way, you know, I, and I'm not trying to say that that's what happened, but we don't know, you know, and mm-hmm. that idea of you and I talk about, of we lean and something supports back that's i'm i'm talking about the mystery like i don't know what the fuck it is but maybe there's a scientific reason that we experience things like that that we will know in 100 years 50 years 500 years as a species i i'm um i saw some like business thinker the other day break down simon sinek i think who, who it was but um he talked about the metrics the metric that the Navy SEALs use to to build their most elite team. And and he said they have to be high performers and they have to be trustworthy, right? Like that's the cross section. And and they talked about how he spoke about how most businesses and most people think that high performance is the most valuable quality, mm-hmm. the ability to perform at a high level. And he said, but the but this team actually looks for medium grade performance but is in the most trustworthy Hmm. section oh cool and and i think that's what she that's what she demonstrated that even in this in the face of you know that 11th grade you know drama she decided to turn that around and be like i'm i'm going to take personal responsibility for this yeah what <laughs> high schooler does that like that's fucking it's so mature uh, it is so mature you know, and i was thinking about that when she said yeah. that because she was saying she was basically speaking to well if i'm getting the same feedback from more than one person because she said it wasn't one it was a right. group of people yeah then maybe it's a me problem you know yeah. and the area I get stuck around that where I get like is, is around some of my conflicts with, with, with girls, with like women, with women, yeah. partner, ex-partners, things like that, you know, people I date. Cause that's where a lot of my shittiness like will come up. A lot of my, my weakness. I don't weakness. know what you're talking about. Weakness. <laughs> <laughs> that's cause I don't date you, bro. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I sometimes, you know, look back at the last year or two and I'm like, I kind of get in similar feedback from more than mm. one person, but I want to say in my head, no, that was them for this reason. And this other person, no, that was yeah. them for that reason. Yeah. But when she said that, I was like, okay, <clears throat> all right. You know, I'll, maybe I need to consider how that would be, how that is me more. And I have considered that, but maybe I just need to decide like she did, you know, this is a me problem. Dude, I mean, <laughs> you know, off, off air conversations between you and I recently have, have been about me realizing how much more responsibility I need to take around certain parts of my life. Yeah. And, and that it's not, it doesn't need to be overthought. It doesn't need to be like broken down on, on like spooky spiritual reasons or anything other than practical responsibility for the life that I want to live. Yeah. And, and that there's no offense in myself or whatever's happened to me and that I, and that I get to choose to do the right thing. And, and I'm, I, I mean, when I heard her talk about even answering customer emails, I mean, that's like, that's the right thing. That's the, just the doing the right thing versus making a lackey do it, making an underling do it, hmm. um, making a call center, and you know, in another country do it. It's like, she's like, I'm taking personal responsibility for my brand and my business. And here I am, I'm doing this. 
And I'm, I, man, I'm taking, I mean, like I was already, I've already been on this path of like, Ronald, how can I take more responsibility for my life? Truly. And, yeah. and then hearing her like, well, it's, it's one, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be, you know, like she has this like happiness and, and humor. Those are the words she used humor around it. And I'm like, it can be easy. You can, you can admit, you know, man, I'm, I am, I don't, I cannot remember things. I need to th have them on a schedule. I can't, I can't continue to try to people please with certain things in my yeah. life. Yeah. I got to yeah. say no. Right. She's saying yes, which is help, helping her. I've got to say <clears throat> no to certain things. And, and well, it's not just yeah. saying yes. It's the way you say yes. Right. Like you totally. check your fir schedule first. before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, you know, I think that that was like one of the top guests we had on where we were yeah. like, I don't really know what the, their comfort level or connection, you know? And when she got yeah. on, because it's the field dressing, right? We kind of yeah, like yeah. deconstruct the the thing that, yeah. that we were after. And, and uh, I don't know the first couple minutes I was like, Oh yeah, she doesn't know who she's talking to. Uh, <laughs> and she's not sure about it. And she should be, cause I can't believe she said yes. Like that she wanted <laughs> to have this conversation. And I was like, okay, we got you, you know, we got you, Liz. Yeah. you know, and I think that it was really cool. My experience of it was that after literally a minute or so of her, like being like, who are these fucking guys? Yeah. You know, <laughs> these two dudes. We've flown into it. What a, what a nice conversation. That Such was a, a good, good conversation. conversation. Yeah, that was good. It was, it, it felt like to me, like a, a great, I don't know. I mean, this is probably oversimplifying it, but like, a big sister I needed to talk to for a minute hmm. and just get her get her advice and her experience. Nice. And, psh, dude, that was that was great. And and her generosity is amazing. And I, I like and that I, she said oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I like that she said me saying yes to things that's why i'm on this podcast yeah <laughs> I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah it makes sense now because i was kind of wondering you know <laughs> like that's a lot of trust man she's she's full schedule i assume and yeah. spend an hour you know an hour can be really awkward amount of time and a long time if you're not into it dude if you're if you're not ready it could be the the longest <laughs> you know? amount of time oh, one one i wanted to share one thing that yeah. happened to me during that conversation when mm -hmm. i brought up steve maxwell um, which by the way, I had a dream last night that he died oh. and that I had to deliver the news of his death to his students. And in the dream, I was hugging one of his, uh, students who was running her own school. Yeah. And I had to call her out to tell her, call her out of class to tell yeah. her that he died and she wouldn't come. And I kept saying, it's important. Yeah. And she was trying to start class and I was like, and she was waiting for Steve. And I was like, you come here, you know, yeah. we're walking downstairs and she starts to get, she, I can't see her. She's behind me. And she starts to, I hear her mutter. I'm starting to be afraid of why you want to talk. And all oh I did gosh. is while we're walking down, as I said, yeah. And then that was the delivery of the news. And by the time we got to the bottom of the stairs, I just turned to her she turned to me and we hugged and we started crying. And I, it was like chest shaking, crying. And that's how I woke up this morning. I woke Whoa. up, cried myself awake. What? Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. That is yeah, intense, was, Dan. Oh, it was really intense, man. It was so sad. It was just like sadness and holding this like person really close. Anyway, so Steve Maxwell was on my mind. I should check check and make sure he's alive. <laughs> he's doing. I, I I commented on his post yesterday. He seems to be doing great. He just he just he just um, uh, awarded two black belts uh, mm, cool. last week. So. Well, when I brought him up today, 
I, I don't know how often this happens to you, man, but it's terrifying when it does. You bring something up, you prelude it, but by the time you get done with the prelude, you forgot why <laughs> you brought it up. The story Dude, of my life. <laughs> we got <laughs> we to gotta look back at this, at the video of this, because there's about a five second period where I had no fucking idea why I brought him up. <laughs> But I'm getting better at those moments because I know you just got to shit your pants and be like, it's going to come back. Yeah. And right at the moment where it would have started to get awkward, I remembered. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, gosh. I, 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 Dan, I think we're probably the king of that. Like, I start, I like, I I think of like, oh, I should tell this story. I should tell this anecdote. And then as I'm telling, I'm like, what the, where am I? I have no idea where I am. I don't know who I am anymore. Who are you guys? What are, what are you talking Other about? Other shit starts to fall away. That's fucking hilarious. Dude. It's true, man. <laughs> Fight or flight comes on. You're like, where am I? I need to get out of here. My, my wife and I have, have led a number of groups together uh, in a kind of a teaching position. And a few times she's called me out and being like, dude, mm. sometimes you start talking and you leave the room. <laughs> Your mouth is moving, but it has no bearing on anything that we've been talking about. There was one time today where I was like, Ron, <laughs> Ron, where are you going? I can see like, it Liz's face. Like she's I like almost, trying really? so hard. to <laughs> I almost said, and I was going to be really nice. I was going to be, I almost said, and what, like, why did, and why did you bring that up? <laughs> but it, <laughs> in my head, it wasn't coming out as nice as it could have been. So I was like, I'm going to, I'll give him another 10 seconds and you wrapped it around. Oh, thank God. <laughs> miracle. Miracle. <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of miracle, I, the, that's the last thing I, I'll say about like what kind of what I picked up and, and grew from is like the, probably my propensity to over spiritualize and overcomplicate things with like, uh, you know, this mysterious, what's the mysterious meaning to this? And instead of like, just do the right thing, yeah. do the right thing over and over again, do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So simple. You, you know, you said, you said something a different way than you said it before. And I really liked it. Hmm. You, you referred to the mystery as the invisible. Hmm. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of saying your Christian uh, upbringing, you, yeah. which you did later, you talked about it, but in this first time you brought it up, you said uh, a relationship with the invisible. And then you said something like, and I had a different expression of that when I was a kid. And you, it was really cool to see you express this point that we bring up a lot, which is our relationship to the mystery, universe, God, all of the ways that we say yeah. that. And that the way you did it today it did not point towards Christianity at all. Hmm. And I thought that that was a good, that would be a good like tool and tool belt, you know, to yeah. have is yeah. to be able to talk about that type of thing and reference your upbringing but never bring up Christianity. Hmm. And I'm not saying that's why I say tool in the tool belt. Cause yeah. I'm not saying that always needs to be the case, you know, but it was just cool to see you taught reference your spirituality and your past spirituality and yeah. not have it, you know, bring up Christianity, the topic of Christianity and not, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes yeah. it's nice to not have it. And I thought that was a new, a new way I'd seen you do that. I want one. Thank you for that saying that. And two, what, what, why is it because Christianity is because I maybe un unknowingly present as like Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It takes, gotcha. it takes, and I feel people, people get on guard for five or 10 yeah, seconds. They should. Sometimes more. <laughs> Brianna Noble did that. Yeah. You know, remember? And she said it too. She was like, yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I just think it's something to be careful of, uh, yeah. you know, it doing all the time. And again, if someone's 
if someone's Christian, that's different, but totally. you consider yourself Christian ish and, and yeah. sometimes not. And it, it, you're, you're in a place where you're, you know, your spirituality is uh, re being relabeled and, you know, and the nuance of it is being discovered. And <clears throat> I just think that it was cool to see you talk about it and it have nothing to do with Christianity. Mm. Um, and again, I don't want to like, every time I say <laughs> that I feel like I'm anti-Christian, which I, yeah, no, I, I don't think you are at all. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was new. It was different. I, Thanks, I, man. I was interesting. I appreciate that. Well, you, you, um, I love br you bringing up Victor Frankl again. It, I mean, you've brought it up so much that I think I'm gonna have to finally read it. It's been a while since I have. You definitely should read it. It's amazing. I think I may go pick it up. Uh, I mean, uh, top five most influential books in my life. Wow. 100%. Hmm. Hmm. I, I recently re-listened to it and I need to do it. I would like to do it again because it's just, it's just your mainlining, you know, goodness. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. She'd heard of it. It doesn't really happen very often. Yeah. Often. Someone's yeah. like. I thought that well, was cool. We, She's we, like, shut up with your Victor Frankl stuff. I know the book. Like, oh, <laughs> no, no, man. She was the opposite. She was, she re obviously revered uh, Victor Frankl. And no, I mean that like, she's like oh like she knew way more than yeah you yeah yeah, yeah. no nah, I, I think it was all good man yeah i mean we, we did it again daniel we had another conversation with somebody this was super fun really surprising surprising to get to talk to her and it went well for you yeah i think so i think i was like you at the beginning first five minutes i'm like what are we doing what are we yeah, talking know, about <laughs> you know uh thankfully man i've been kind of binging her podcast a little bit mm. and she's a she's a natural really good storyteller mm. and and you know she has a story worth telling because it was she you know there's a there's a lot of story-like qualities myth-like qualities in in her story you know and, i i neglected to put the little bit about her podcast in uh the podcast she was part of in mm -hmm. the intro can you say the name of it and the it's a sony one and it's i forgot the name it's like um yeah let me let me uh, reference it here real quick it's like the something family yeah but it's only uh, it's a it's a short one it's like five five episodes and that's the whole thing right it's actually i think they're up to 10 episodes now and oh so it's continuing it's still going i don't going. think it's continuing i think it's oh, okay. a limited run but the the um the podcast is called the just enough family it came out um in september of 2021 hmm. and oh. and the reason she calls it the T just enough family is is you know she grew up in opulence and and she talked about i don't want to ruin the podcast or anything but i mean all like you know daddy warbucks kind of opulence and um and she thought this is just the way life is as as naively as you know her young uh self was but at a certain point she realized like this isn't that normal and she created an alter ego called lisa and that she kept a journal of and the and the fantasy was like that she would live a life of not too much because of it, uh, it's all its difficulties and trappings but the hmm. just enough family hmm. and that was her fantasy and it's it, like it's very sweet oh. to hear her say that um from her own mouth in the in this podcast it's a really good podcast i'm so impressed with the producers and writers and all that it's it's cool it's a man i, I love that we get to be in this world of like curated and uncurated storytelling and yeah. conversations yeah and and the the little sips that we get from social media uh especially as we were talking about our 
humanity's propensity towards resentment and being offended and wanting to like tell everybody we're offended yeah. by something, <laughs> you know, is like, yeah. gosh, it's vapid. And I'm, and I'm tired. Everyone's tired of it. Everybody's like really like exhausted of it. And, well, I like the, the story. Sorry. Yeah. And that, and to, to hear this unjudgmental telling of her own story, yeah. uh, and, and her encouragement by being so, um, humble about everybody like you know there's like it's an assumption of goodness i think is what is 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 how kind of she leads and i love it you know you you mentioned um storytelling and uh i was one of those little ads popped up on youtube last night and it was for podcasting i guess i've been googling podcasting more or something and uh and um the guy was talking about being a storyteller right and i was thinking about what you and i do and i go you know what yeah we need to be better storytellers, you and I, you know, yeah. because even when you just take your one minute turn, you know, you and I tell a lot of little stories, yeah. you know, and, and the, whoever we're talking to does too. Every time we take a little turn, you know, I don't know, it's some form of a story, right? Yeah. Participating in one, starting one, telling one. And I just thought, yeah, me and Ron, like we should start talking about what makes a good story, you know, glad, and yeah. you and I do that through writing a lot, but how does that, how would the writing principles of story translate to a conversation mm -hmm. where you're telling a lot of little stories? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I don't know the answer, but it's, it, I think awareness around it, which yeah. I want, cause I, I was already thinking, yeah. man, I want to be a good storyteller. Yeah. I want to yeah. be good at that. When I, it's when fun. I was, here's, here comes a story. Let's see if I can Okay. You've got five get a seconds to hook me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Cutting for Side. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> Ronald's fail. <laughs> uh, I spent a sum, um, the summer of my 20th year in Zambia volunteering at a, at a hospital in an orphanage. And we had some friends uh, come to visit us of the group that I was with and the, the, um, kind of leader of that organization was a surgeon and he was such a nice, humble dude. And he, as a gift at the end of his stay there, wrote a little poem for everybody that was a reflection of their character in there and what he saw as light and value in their life. And he got to me and he goes, Ron, you're a storyteller. You're a natural storyteller. And he just was very encouraging. And I've never forgot that. And I've mm. always wanted to follow that thread and trying to do that right now and i want to get better i want to make that skill better in my life you know it's a tough time to do that too i think in one way i've been thinking about mm. this with the way you tell stories actually because mm. <clears throat> you are a good storyteller and you have stories to tell mm. you know and i think that what's challenging about telling stories these days is be, is that for a long long time millions of years apparently we've been listening to stories mm -hmm. you know around a campfire yeah we've been listening to stories longer than we've been reading stories and we i think yeah. we think of reading as a pretty ancient thing right yeah right <clears throat> and but for a lot of those years i bet those stories were pretty methodically told you know yeah. just just because life has been speeding up you know and attention spans have been more demanding of you know moving forward let's move forward with the next thing and i feel that in, in when i hear stories told you know and I think it's challenging because you have a you have a nice like settle in for the story, you know, way of telling stories. And you also have the op you you know I've seen you hustle stories, and I think that 
for you and I to get better at telling stories, I think one thing that we can, we definitely should have our eye on is pace, you know, yeah. is, is now a time for a settle in or is now a time for the move it along? And when is it, when should I transition in between those and flow? And that sounds fun to start to work that out more. Yeah, you know? it does. It really does. I've got my copy of uh, the science of storytelling right next nice. to me on the desk. And I try to try to take a little bit in a time. Uh, cool. Thanks to Jason Hennessick. Awesome. Uh, who was a past guest on here. So I'm thinking about it, man. I'm really, really thinking about it, but yeah. it's like, I was thinking about that through the, the lens of writing, like you yeah. said earlier. And yeah. now I'm like, Hmm, how can I apply that to these one minute, five minute, 15 minute totally, man. opportunities? Yeah. yeah. Cause we're asking for people's attention, you know, and there's a lot out there and yeah. You know, just being better with our language. I know, you know, in, in the, the Toastmasters ways, you know, the literally yeah. cleaning up the, the stalls and the ums, you know, <laughs> yeah. is definitely yeah. something I need to do. Um, you know, so yeah, cool, I love man. it. Good conversation. Yeah. Thank Great you. Great conversation. Man. A lot of fun. Let's, let's do another one. How about we do this again? Let's do this 500 more times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we get to episode 552. I'm out. <laughs> and that's all mine. Isn't it crazy to think about we've done 52 episodes and then you think 10 times that would be, you know, like 520 episodes. And then you think, of, I'll feel like most of the podcasts I listen to or come across these days have at least 500 episodes. And I'm just like, oh my God. And yet there's this boneyard of three episode pause, you know, oh, podcasts that yeah. I guess is just unbelievably, you know, vast. So yeah. I'm just like 50 seems like so much. Sometimes I'm really proud of us. And then other times I'm just like, Oh my God, we're little babies. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> All right. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for Adios, doing this brother. again. Appreciate you. I love you, dude. Bye-bye.